Hi everyone, and welcome back to IS Podcast, IS Fee's show for schools and the wider community. I'm Mike Broadstock. Spring is well and truly back, so today we're resharing Natalie Matavis's chat with author and integrative psychologist Megan De Bayer about how parents can get back to nature with their kids. Hi Megan, and welcome to IS Podcast. Last year, we shared an article of yours on the parents' website, which we'll link to in the show notes, and it was all about surrendering to nature and how parents could encourage their children to get outdoors. Put simply, the message is that in getting back to nature, we reconnect with ourselves and our children and the world around us. And you cover this in your book, but you also take it a step further, saying that parents can learn from nature's principles. Can you explain that a little more about how nature can help us to parent? Oh, What a fabulous question. Hello, Natalie. I'm so happy to be here and very happy to talk on this subject. Nature certainly saved me through our very strict lockdown in South Africa. And I know Australia and South Africa and New Zealand often share very similar weather. So we have great opportunities to enjoy the outdoors And even if it is just sitting in a little patch of sun outside our back door, if that's all we can do is look up at a blue sky or sit under the stars at night. So it certainly was something that nourished me. I would need to use that word. But in saying that, it's important to know that I went back to university late in life and I studied a master's in ecology. So I I truly am an eco-psychologist because I have both those masters. So I'm able to speak well in this subject. It's not just from my own personal experience. It's also from, you know, really studying climate change and the principles of nature. So if we could draw from nature's wisdoms and use nature as mental, surely nature can then tell us some parenting skills and some parenting principles. And of course, when I say that to parents, they look at me and roll their eyes and say, well, you know, if we followed a lioness, you know, we would actually, we, we, you know, we'd really be just sort of leaping on our children and growling and biting them, you know. So when I talk about following nature's principles, it's not about just looking at the animals and watching how they parent, but more than that, what are these principles of nature? So One of the first for me that's powerful is everything's always in relationship. Everything in nature is always. So if you just looked out your window right now and you could see a pot plant, you might pick up that there's a little weed in the pot plant and that plant is adapting to the weed or the weed is adapting to the plant and also the plant is leaning out towards the sun. So all things in nature are growing towards the light, but they are also totally always in relationship. Now, why would that be important to us as parents? Because we tend to get tunnel vision and we get kind of really locked down into focusing on our family and our children and that the mom's the most important thing or dad's the most important thing. And therefore, our relationship with our children is the most important thing. And if we take an example of nature, particularly our preteens and our teenagers are searching for connection and relationship outside of the home. And that is natural. 
it is part of this evolutionary impulse that they need to connect and all relationships are important. Their relationship with their school, with the culture, with their environment, with their friends. And all of those are influencing how a person grows in their values and how they move towards maturity. So the advice here is not to kind of get locked down into seeing our homes and our environment as completely separate and the only thing that impacts on our kids. The other thing is that resilience occurs in diversity. So in nature, there's so much diversity. There's so much diversity in any ecosystem because of all the different natural elements. And we can learn from that as well and not think our children exposed to something that is against our values or our, our children exposed to something that's a challenge or a struggle, we, we tend to sort of try and overprotect them and protect them too much. Whereas nature is saying we learn and we grow resiliency from the experiences we have and the diversity. So it's not just about the values we put down in our home, but when our children are challenged by other people's ideas, opinions, values, it helps them to develop resiliency because what they discover is different ways of being and different ways of adapting because, of course, one of the greatest principles of why nature is so resilient is this ability to adapt. So that's, isn't that a huge lesson for us is not to be so rigid in our thinking and thinking everything has to be done this way. We've got to allow ourselves to be adaptive, and especially as our kids grow. Their personalities may be different to ours. Their temperaments may be different. And we, we can't sort of try to channel them into being a mini-me. We can become quite sort of rigid in our thinking. And so nature's saying, no, be more adaptive. And, of course, the greatest thing is being able to come present to our situations and present to what's in front of us and trying not to get too caught in what was happening in the past or what could possibly unfold in the future, really be as present as we possibly can. So when you say being present, is this where we're saying to parents to get off the device that they're holding or actually connect and look at your child? And It really is one of the greatest challenges that we have as parents today is online usage. Firstly, us. I mean, look what we're doing right now. You know? it's, got, it's got a place, but it's not going away. Natalie, it is such a challenge because we as parents are telling our little ones, just go and play a game or watch a show or whatever, because we needed just that gap to get our own work done. So we're using, you know, devices as all pairs, you know, they become all pairs and our kids become so sort of drawn in and engaged. And then at least we kind of feel, well, we know they're safe, you know, they in the lounge and they're safe and I can quickly make the evening meal. We are overusing devices to entertain and care for our children. But it's understandable because let's face it, we've been in these radical lockdowns. What else can we do in order to keep our own lives going and our own work going? Speaking to so many parents all over the world and the greatest challenge was children are now using, well, especially preteens and teens, we're using their laptops and their phones for education purposes and online schooling. And then on top of it, teenagers were gaming a lot. Why? Because 
the impulse for teenagers and preteens is to connect with their friends. They, and that was the only is, way they had. Said, that yeah. evolutionary impulse. They've got to move from the core of the family and just being dependent on the family to discovering their peer group. So they were doing that through gaming, through Instagram, through TikTok, through online platforms, so that they could have a sense of engagement and belonging to their own clan and discover what their clan was doing. So, of course, we are at an all-time high with on online usage, which then draws us away from nature. And even if we say to our kids, you know, let, let's watch Discovery Channel or let's watch Nature Channel on TV together. Yes, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. But notice how nature becomes entertainment and nature doesn't become an experience. As human beings, we developed and adapted to the natural world. Our bodies, our minds, the way our eyes work, the way our emotion system work, our nervous system work is geared for the natural world. We developed over really thousands and thousands of years in wilderness settings. And our bodies and our brains grew and adapted as we evolved through the natural systems. And now we're all online, indoors, in hard surfaces, and it's affecting not only our mental health, it's affecting our bodies. On the psychological side, we're seeing an incredible rise in anxiety. And the studies are out there that the more kids are spending online, the more attention deficit we are seeing, the more we are seeing anxiety rise. Of course, we know the benefits. There are creative benefits of screens, and there's certain games that do stimulate the brain into uh, higher order thinking, you know, and problem solving. But continual usage, too many hours on a screen in any one day and no outdoor time, it's causing eye problems. It's causing that increases in attention deficit. It's causing anxiety to rise. It's causing kids to be continually in this fight and flight. We know that the brain areas that are lighting up during social media usage as, as well as game usage are the lower, deeper parts of the brain. And those are things that stimulate emotion and stimulate survival emotions like fear and flight and fight. So we know that the brain is operating in its sub-regions and not in its, its highest regions, which is the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex is where we operate, you know, with deductive thinking, with setting intentions, with being able to regulate our emotions. And that requires quieter time, less stimulated time in order for us to access our higher regions. So that's why if you needed to think something through, go for a walk in nature, just get outside, go for a walk, look at the trees, look, you know, smell the roses, so to speak, and you can better solve a problem because it calms the brain and the nervous system down. And so your higher order thinking, your prefrontal cortex can connect in to your, your contemplation more, more readily. So screens are a huge problem. They're not going away. What's going to happen to us? I think we're going to have to really make sure that 
we get our kids, our preteens and our teenagers outdoors. But how do we do that? Because certainly in my upbringing, it was simply get outdoors, you know. Um, my mother thought there was something wrong with me if I was indoors. It, <laughs> it, that was the afternoon, the weekend, the holiday. Yeah, it's very outdoors, different. And you weren't given anything. You know, it was just like play with the host pipe. It was, so we'd make up all sorts of games. And we were also allowed to do things like make fires and with adult supervision. But these days we so we point out all the dangers of the outdoors. So why have we become fearful of the very environment that we grew up in? You know, we'll point out we can't walk on the long grass with the snakes, you know, can't climb a tree, you're gonna fall. You know, trying to avoid places where there are flies or mosquitoes or and we've become so oversensitized to pointing out the dangers, the discomforts and the fears, where as an actual fact our bodies were were adapted and developed in all those natural environments. But let me come back to the benefits of outdoors and, and what we can possibly do, okay? So we can't just these days say get outdoors. That is, is not going to cut it. We ourselves have got to find what is the, the best way for ourselves to connect to outdoors as parents because we have to lead by example. So let's be honest with ourselves and, and begin to find those things that we love about the outdoors. Is it great views? Is it hiking? Is it going for a run? Is it mountain biking? There's that aspect we can do. Then the other more contemplative things like sketching, journaling, leaf pressing, flower pressing, things like that that we can take up as a hobby and begin to encourage our, our kids to do it. And it's even taking some of those indoor activities that you would normally, you know, sit at the kitchen table, for example, and take that outside so that you're you're doing that same activity, but you're doing it in nature. Oh, yes, Natalie. Yes, yes, yes. And it's a bit of an effort for us. But, you know, let's get geared up to do that. Let's have supper outdoors. Take your picnic blanket. Set up outdoors. I did that with my kids. My boys have grown up completely and utterly outdoors. I made sure that we were always outdoors. We were making cuts. We were making bones and arrows from vines. We were star watching. At night, I'd sometimes, even in a school night, I'd say, let's take the sleeping bags and go and lie in the grass and it's such a beautiful night and watch the stars. And I would literally, we'd all lie there till we fell asleep. Of course, then it's a schlep because then I've got to carry them you know, <laughs> inside to sleep. But but it was worth it yeah. because we had the fresh air, you know, and, and it, let's not forget that this beautiful fresh air really purifies us. The sunlight is good for our vitamin D. Sunlight is good for depression. So here is the thing that's going to encourage all parents. Do you know that there are studies showing that just by spending 10, 15, 20 minutes in nature a day for children increases their empathy and, wait for it, responsibility? Can you <laughs> believe it? But their empathy bone increases as well as their responsibility bone. And of course, with climate change affecting us, we've got to remember that children will not save what they don't love. So it's, a, it's kind of a responsibility to our generation to help children, preteens, teenagers begin to love nature. Lastly, I just want to say, 
We are all longing for connection, belonging, meaning. Oh, my word, we're just longing for that. You know, everything that's been going on just has caused such despair in our hearts and such a heaviness. And, we, and we're longing for connection, belonging, meaning. And nature does that. So just take off your shoes, go sit on the grass, take that extra time to really look at a starry sky, a flowing stream, jump in some cold water, look out into the distance, to the horizon, to the sky, to the clouds, to the trees, listen to the birds, and let's lead by example in that. Well, thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of Eyes Podcast. We're going to leave you with Kerry Baptist Grammar School prep student Emerson Pittman with her student poetry competition winning entry, Who Loves Spring? My name is Emerson Ruby and I'm going to share a poem. Who loves spring? Yes, I do. Inside our house, a blanket on you. We have two cats who sit on our lap, getting warm by the fire. Who loves spring? Yes, I do. New animals born all the way through. The sunshine lasts longer as we all get stronger and get out to play. The flowers look pretty in the city and the flowers by the bay look pretty all day. Who loves spring? Yes, I do. Ice Podcast is brought to you by Independent Schools Victoria. It's produced and recorded by Duncan McLean and presented by Natalie Natafas, Shane Green and me, Michael Broadstock. Our podcast theme was composed and performed by Duncan. There are transcripts of our show with links to what we discussed at podcast.education.com.au. Please follow us wherever you get your favourite podcast. And while you're there, we'd love it if you could rate and review the show so more people just like you can find us.